Welcome to the Untamed and Unashamed podcast. This is a place where together we can navigate through life's ups and downs with all of the vulnerability, compassion, and openness that we can muster. Along with the help of guests from all walks of life, we'll discover new truths while doing some unlearning, and we'll gain valuable tools for becoming who we already are, while also uncovering our divine gifts. I'm Jade Bryce, and I'm so thankful that you're here. Today is the promised episode of part two with Jamie Elizabeth, the holistic sex coach. She is a holistic intimacy and sex specialist, and I know that we are going to have the most amazing conversation about awakening and what devotion looks like. Since our last conversation, she's dived into the power of orgasm and de-armoring the cervix, which is a big part of my work and what I work with clients on one-on-one. So I'm so excited to dig in with her on that. I'd love for you to go check out part one with her because it was so amazing. And we talk about moving through our conditioning and moving to empowerment. She brings so much untamed and unashamed transparency and knowledge on the power of the erotic. And I'm so excited to bring you this important conversation, no matter your relationship ship type or gender, this episode is for you. Please help me welcome Jamie Elizabeth Thompson to Untamed and Unashamed. Hi. Hi. I'm Such so- a pleasure to be back. Yeah, I'm so excited. I know we meant to do this a lot sooner, but like whew, time flies around our heads and and I, but it was like never out of my mind. I was always like, I can't wait to have Jamie back on. So I'm so excited yeah. that you're here. Yay. I'm so mm-hmm. glad to be back. Oh, we just, now we're doing the Simultaneous oh. <laughs> knee up. <laughs> so you, last time that I had you on, we ended talking about the Madonna horror complex. And uh, you can like retouch on what you said, but from what I remember, you explained that um, men desire the horror, but they love the Madonna. And that for most men, they can't like do both. Um, or... They don't feel like they can. Uh And I know that that feels true for my partner. I was expressing to him um, that I want to feel loved as a whore um, in our sex. And he was, he was expressing that um, it's separate for him as well. And from what he understood from your message, that was kind of um, typical for a man. And I'm, I'm really wanting to dig in this, in with this for, in really wanting to dig into this with you because I want to understand it more. And I also want to heal it within me because I can feel, um, I can feel the conditioning of that split. I think it's, um, I think that I'm really in touch with my whore. Uh, but I want, I, I, I do want to feel more accepted f- for it and more loved for it and feel like more open to love there. And, and, uh, yeah, so I'd love to dig into all of it with you. Oh, I love, I love this so much. And I, if you're in touch with your whore as a woman, like you're in touch with that part of you, that darker feminine aspect, mm-hmm. the healing of the whore is to feel loved there. 
So mm-hmm. what you're desiring is the, the the healing of any places that that energy has been in shame and distortion in the past. Mm-hmm. So I love that you are desiring this and that um, that you guys are looking at how you can explore this. Mm-hmm. Now, for men, the great distortion that both men and women are dealing with but we'll speak about it first from the perspective that your partner shared for men with the Madonna whore complex, the complex, the distortion is that the Madonna and the whore are separate, Mm. that they love the Madonna. And that's the woman that they want to make their wife and spend the rest of their life with. Mm -hmm. It's romantic and it's sweet and it's soft and sensual and lovemaking and the whore is the woman that they desire, that they want to ravage and they want to fuck and they want to take and they want to um, not marry, not spend the rest of their life with, mm-hmm. but but she's more objectified as the idealized sexual object that men are searching for. And our culture has created a separation of these two aspects of the feminine could be seen as the dark and light polarity of the feminine as well. Mm -hmm. And so our culture has created this separation that says the whore is improper, dirty, wrong, forbidden, taboo. That's why there's so much power there. Yeah. That's why women such as yourself and myself, many other women listening perhaps have discovered a great deal of power that lives inside the taboo and the forbidden because most people are getting shadow banned on Instagram. Exactly. (laughs) And that's also why we're getting shadow banned on Instagram. Exactly. (laughs) Because it's, it's so powerful that anyone in power does not want women under their ruling or in their system to get in touch with this energy because Mm -hmm. they're dangerous. Mm -hmm. Women who are in touch with this energy are not easily manipulated. They are not going to sacrifice themselves to live inside of someone else's paradigm because they know what their truth is. Mm -hmm. So anyway, there's been a vested interest in systemically in this energy being pushed down through Mm -hmm. religion. I know we discussed this last time. Mm -hmm. So for men growing up in our culture, there's this idea that the woman that you fuck and the woman that you marry are two different women. Yeah. And there's this idea that one needs to be sacrificed for the other. Mm-hmm. And the true healing of this separation, this divide in the feminine is loving the darkness. It's mm-hmm. it's it's loving the whore. It's loving her ravenous, desirous, lustful, wet, juicy pleasure Mm -hmm. and holding that as sacred and holy and worthy of all of your love and devotion, like you hold the Madonna. So what as feminine beings or beings who are um, more feminine or women or whatever you identify as, Mm -hmm. um, our... um, place that we can really perspective that we can hold is just how difficult this is for men to unravel this in themselves. Mm. Like it's, it's challenging for them to separate or to, to, to unify 
this thing that has been separated. Mm. And so to just bring compassion to that and also bring our vulnerability of like, this is for me Mm -hmm. and for my healing. Yeah. Like I desire for you to bring curiosity to this idea that you have in your mind that you can't love me and fuck me like a whore at the same time. Yeah. I desire for you to bring curiosity mm-hmm. to that as an exploration with me because this is for my healing. Yeah. And I think that sometimes it, that's vulnerable. You know, that's vulnerable to, to, to say that this is for me. Mm-hmm. I'm desiring this for me. Mm-hmm. And it will be beneficial for him as well. But it, it's ultimately like this is this is where part of that unraveling happens. Mm-hmm. And then to create the opening for him to come to you in a new way, it's going to take a level of surrendering into any parts of yourself and meeting any parts of yourself that you, that you have felt weren't lovable as a whore. Like, yeah. it's like we, they, they can support us with this journey, but it's also the distortion gets healed internally. Yeah. Um, and that's what the feminine reclamation course was, is about yeah. um, that I was speaking about last time. Mm-hmm. It's about bringing these two seemingly opposites back into a unification internally because if we don't have the reference point for what that feels like of like deeply loving Mm -hmm. the whore inside and feeling like she is so worthy then it's more challenging for a man who also has that same distortion Mm -hmm. to bring that energy to you right it's like the puzzle piece doesn't fit but if you can create the opening inside that's like, I know what this feels like. I know I'm worthy of love and Mm -hmm. I want to get fucked this way. You Mm -hmm. can hold the love Mm -hmm. even if he's not yet. Mm -hmm. And you can bring that kind of like eye contact, that kind of connection, even when he's in his, you know, pillaging and ravishing uh, kind of energy, you can, you can still bring that. So that's kind of an, an opening into both what's happening over there with him and what we can do to really create the invitation. Yeah. I just put something together that, um, I don't think either of us had realized, but like in those times where it's definitely the fucking, and I want to be treated like a whore, he likes me to have an eye mask on. And it's almost like, he can't look me in the eyes, you know? And I just, um, and you know, like I'm not, this is not me like poo-pooing all over my partner. This is something I don't think either of us were conscious of, but it just hit me like, oh, wow, even that, you know, in that moment. But I'm curious, so- Can I just say something about that? Because this is this is something, so when my, when my partner's bringing this energy to me, which he loves, like he loves to bring the ravishing energy and I love it also. Mm-hmm. And I'm similar to you, you know, r- recovering, you know, like I'm integrating from living a life in, in, on the whore side of the divide, right? Mm-hmm. On the rebellious side. Mm-hmm. If obedience and rebellion are the, the polarity we're speaking of, I spent my time in rebellion, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm really, you know, working with, you know, healing any, any parts of that. And it's a continual journey. 
And when he's doing that, I specifically say, like, look me in the eyes. Mm. Like, I'm like, look me in the eyes. Like, I want to see and I want to feel your love. Yeah. And yeah, keep bringing all yes to all of this. And I just bring that while while we're making love. And it's mm-hmm. repatterned his ability to do that because he didn't used to have the ability to do that. He thought they were separate as well. Mm. Most men do. Yeah. Um, so it's something that I've really like practiced and ingrained. And then we started calling, you know, we've worked with dominance and submission and I started calling it the love dom Mm -hmm. where I'm like, when you're in your dominant place, it is most of service to me. And that's what dominance and submission is about in its purity. It's about service. You are in service to me when you are literally obliterating any parts of my ego, any parts of me that think I need to be small, the parts of me that are holding back, like, that's what I want you ravishing out of me, Mm -hmm. like focusing on that and like shattering all of the illusion, Mm -hmm. which is ultimately an act of love and service and devotion. Yeah. So I started calling it the love dom. Mm -hmm. And we and it's this like thing that we have now where it's the combination of this seemingly duality of, you know, the the Madonna and the whore of, you know, lovemaking and fucking, but yeah. it's like really bringing them together where you're holding that energy of like, I am looking into your soul mm-hmm. and I'm ravishing you at the same time. Yeah. Oh, so good. So the thing too, that comes up around the Madonna whore complex for me is that I feel that for most women who maybe have not heard of it and they started to listen to this episode, they're like, I don't want to be called a whore, you know, and like can have a little bit of a trigger around that word. Whereas like I may have, I would have felt like that in the past, but right now the word whore for me, my mouth salivates, my legs want to open. I want to, you know, arch my back and surrender. And I think maybe another thing to that is that that image for a man almost can seem scary. Like they want to, possibly want a woman with her legs crossed sitting up proper and you know and so that there might be something to that as well just like the image of the whore and how that alone can be really triggering not not only for men but for women but the other thing too is that the word dark feminine it's like you hear so many people talk about the darkness or like well that's the dark side of things or like and it's it's such a thing of like don't give power to that or you know and it's like it's just a part of our language um like oh the medicine can get so dark sometimes you know like it's like that thing you don't you know you've got to kind of get through yeah the other side and so um yeah I thought of that when it came to the dark feminine because it's like it sounds even when you hear it it sounds like uh just something you have to work through in a way instead of something that you can embrace Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, this is such an interesting piece of, of, of our culture. Right. And, and it is, it is triggering like the, the word. And it's funny cause I just ran through, um, leading a, a live container of the feminine reclamation course. And mm-hmm. this came up a lot in, in the group of like the whore, right. Of like, Oh gosh, that, you know, we're so programmed to, to not, you know, not be in approval mm-hmm. of that energy. Mm-hmm. And, um, and we're not, we're programmed to not be in approval of our darkness. Yeah. But 
we all have darkness, mm-hmm. it, you know, and, and, and darkness happens. And the more we're in resistance to something, the more it chases us. Mm-hmm. So there's, you know, there's really, this is a whole practice of, of opening and loving these aspects of ourself. And mm-hmm. darkness is different than shadow. Shadow, mm-hmm. you know, the light, the false light, the bypass of like, oh, well, I don't want to, I don't want to feel the darkness. That's a bypass. Yeah. That is false light, mm-hmm. which is, in, is more shadowy, which ha- is more damaging mm-hmm. than actually just being in relationship with, yeah, you know, there are parts of me that are selfish. There are parts of me that are greedy. There are parts of me that want to inflict harm mm-hmm. and actually just being in relationship with those parts makes you a safer, more integrated human mm-hmm. than being in denial of them and just trying to always go towards the light all the time. Yeah. I mean, that's like flying a plane and only being willing to look out one side of the window. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to go around in circles because you're not looking out the other side and actually just receiving the information. Yeah. I mean, the way that I look at this and teach it is it's like, it's all information. Mm-hmm. The darkness holds information like the light holds information. And if we're in denial of some of the information, we're going to get off course. Yeah. And and we're going to be chasing our tail. Mm-hmm. And there, there's, there's value in the darkness. I mean, the darkness is part of being a human being in this dimension on this planet. Yeah. Like it's just, I mean, our, 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 our world is ridden mm-hmm. with darkness. So to deny it is, is to, project that that just all exists outside and create a perpetrator outside that we are then victim to. Yeah. And and then we're just in in victim consciousness and not actually in responsibility for the ways that we are contributing. Yeah. To the darkness. Mm-hmm. You know, when people look at oh the the greedy corporations and the you know the government and the oppressors I'm like how am I the oppressor? Mm-hmm. How am I the oppressor of my own body? Of myself. You know, I mean it's like we can really and this is shadow work, right? Where, where you're going into looking at, um, you know, making the unconscious conscious, as mm-hmm. Jung said, right? Yeah. It's like actually looking at how we can continue to make the, and I believe that is actually the, that is actually where our light is. Yeah. We're shining light into the areas that are, that could be shadow. Mm-hmm. You know, like you, it's like when, when you bring your light to darkness, it simply is the holistic polarity. Yeah. And I don't think that it's something that we're going to get rid of. Yeah. I don't believe I'm going to get rid of my darkness in this lifetime right. and I'm not going to try. Yeah. I'm going to become aware of it. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, you know, when, when we talk about something such as the horror and people get triggered, um, you know, inside of a paradigm that thrives on obedience, particularly feminine obedience, Mm -hmm. the rebellion of that obedience is going to be considered forbidden, wrong, improper, not dignified. Mm -hmm. And one of the ways that women rebel against the obedient paradigm is through their sexuality. Yeah. Because that's something that's considered so wrong, but yet is the most natural, essential part of the feminine nature. And so there's a rebellion that happens. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, when we talk about like a term such as like the sacred whore, 
you know, or the holy whore. It's like bringing back the sacredness to that energy. So it's no longer rebellion, but now it's integration. Yeah. 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 I love that. And I love how you spoke to kind of like um, a how-to in this of that you would ask your partner to look in your eyes like that. That takes a lot of vulnerability and courage for a woman to ask for something like that, especially in, in a moment like that. And that's something I love too, is if you can learn how to ask for what you need or what you want in a moment like that, you're going to end up being able to do it in all areas of life, you know? And um, I want to just really briefly to speak on, because you also mentioned that in the beginning, your partner didn't resonate with the, um, the thought that you can see God in all things and that now he does. And so uh, can you talk about how you held that portal? Because I think it, it does go in line with how many of us women want to experience more something different. And we don't, especially in eroticism, and we don't really know how to, what to do with that. Yeah, I, I love this question. So for me, it's non-negotiable, like experiencing God in my partner and having God be a part of our erotic life and our intimacy is non-negotiable. Yeah. So it's, and, and that's what I would invite women to consider. If it's not present in your relationship right now, then it was negotiable. Mm you were, you were negotiated out of it through his frame of like, I'm just not really into that. You weren't clear enough that this is a must for you Mm -hmm. to be with you is to be with the goddess. Mm. And, and when that is so fully ingrained, it's like, he's like, well, I don't know yet, but I'm open. I'm open to exploring. Mm. And, and, and that was really where we started is, is I'm like, this is so important to me. Like, this is everything to me. Like, I need you to practice this with me. Like, it's that important to me. And it might not be that important. It might not be as high of a value to some people. Mm -hmm. Um, But for me, it is. Because it's, I mean, it's such an important part of, you know, the holiness and sacredness of sexuality and erotic life force is what I'm here to serve on this planet. So Mm -hmm. the holiness must be present. And so in inside of that, what happens when something becomes Mm non-negotiable is I first get to take responsibility for holding that energy myself Mm -hmm. and look at, well, where have I not been true to that? You know, where have I compromised? And, and then take responsibility for that and, and begin bringing that frequency. The feminine sets the tone of the relationship Mm. and he responds to the invitation of the frequency of the tone that you're holding. It's a big responsibility, (laughs) responsibility and an incredible opportunity because mm-hmm. irresponsibility is incredible power. Yeah. And and so it's an opportunity to on our own to cultivate this frequency mm-hmm. of what it is to see God mm-hmm. in ourself and our partner in all of life and mm-hmm. to hold that as a possibility in the relationship. This mm-hmm. is the way that we are the muse. 
This is the way that the feminine leads. This is the way the feminine leads the masculine in the areas of, you know, emotional and erotic intelligence. I mean, that's just what we are. Yeah. And so it's really an invitation of, of, of holding a frequency and inviting him into that. Again, it's another vulnerable, it's a vulnerable ask, you know, sometimes Mm -hmm. in, in lovemaking of like, can we slow down and take a deep breath together? Mm. You know, like, will, will you look into my soul? Mm -hmm. Or, or I'm, I'm seeing the God in you, mm-hmm. you know, it's like sometimes my, my, my dirty talk is no, that's the, I, dirty talk, me you know, too. Like, yeah. like, give me your God cock, you know, yeah. right. And it's like, yes. it starts to train him where now he's saying God cock, right. He didn't uh, say that initially, that but it's like, so he, fucking hot to me. It's so hot because it's, it's the sacred and the profane are being unified oh. again. Uh, okay, so that feels like a non-negotiable for me as well, especially, I mean, we're tantricas, you know, like this is our path, but it didn't resonate for my partner either. And I'm even in a course where my homework is supposed to involve my partner, you know, and it's, they're all tantric practices. And it came up for me that like, you know, for him, it was like, well, I need you to accept where, like who I am and for me, it was like, well, who you are is being dogmatic and fundamentalist. And then I realized, well, I guess that means I'm being dogmatic and fundamental about who you are. So it made me feel like, is it a non-negotiable or is this like an opportunity for me to allow, you know what I mean? Allow us to be where we're at, but it still felt like for me, uh, the connection that I'm craving that isn't there if we we're not in alignment in that area. Right. And so that makes me also wonder, because for I, I always do that. I do the thing of like, well, where am I doing this? And how can I shift this in me and then see where it goes from there? And so it makes me wonder, because you put on your Instagram on, I think a, a while ago, you said, if you shrink in his presence, he's not the right one. And two questions to ask are, do I shrink or grow in his presence? Does my soft, wild, primal, feminine body trust him? And I love those questions, but I still find myself saying, but is it something about him or is it me that's causing me to shrink? I still always do that where I like make it my work and not like equal parts, you know? So yeah, I don't know if you have anything to say on that or how, how we can know. Cause that's something I struggle with. Is it like, is it theirs or is it mine? You know? Yeah. yeah. So there, there's, there's a couple things here. Um, I believe everything's my work. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm with you in that. Yeah. And sometimes holding that belief, women who hold that belief that are really like, wow, everything is my work and take a great deal of responsibility, which I can feel you do mm-hmm. have uh, weak, non-negotiables, boundaries, mm-hmm. must haves, hard nose. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes that can mean that a boundary or a must have was crossed a long time ago in the beginning. Like it wasn't named as that, like it wasn't named as like you, like you must understand this is the most important thing to me. Yeah. And, and so there's been a habit and a pattern over time that has then created something else and then bringing it now is different. It's like, you can't suddenly make a non-negotiable when, you know, it's already been negotiated for, you know, months or years. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. This is then a, a pattern of 
or this is then an opportunity of, of going back and, and taking responsibility, mm-hmm. you know, for, for the ways that, that one might have crossed mm-hmm. one of their must haves, you know, if this is a must have for you, if this is like so important. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's, you know, there's a, there's, there's a little bit of a, of a cleanup conversation to have because then sometimes the wrongness gets projected on him right? Or he perceives it that way of like, oh, I'm doing something wrong. Or, you know, like the, the spiritual dogmatic tantrika, that's like, you're wrong for not, you know, it's like, <laughs> right? Like, we can do that also. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so it's, it's really softening into the vulnerability and the invitation that this is of accepting him as he is, mm-hmm. and bringing that this is just something that's really important that you're discovering about yourself mm-hmm. and that um, that you want to explore. And it's just asking for his curiosity and openness to explore this with you. Yeah. And, and then the second piece is, you know, if you're in the kind of relationship where, where you've decided like we're devoted, we're shutting the door of leaving, like we're in this and, and it's like, we're, there's, there's no like, oh, if this doesn't work out, then, it, you know, if this thing doesn't get met or this doesn't, you know, heal, I'm leaving, right? Like there's, it, it's like, if you're now in this where you're like, this is the man you chose, then there's also the the opportunity to um, choose the one that's in that's in front of you, even even if he's not bringing everything you, mm-hmm. you desire. I mean, there's aspects of my partner that you know we're we're all in. Like we shut the door. Mm-hmm. We're all in in this relationship. I love that. And, yeah, and so and that's an incredible choice. And there is a a sort of sacred sacrificial death of the parts of me that wanted perfection in certain areas that he's not. And then my journey speaking to self-responsibility is opening in the face of that, Mm. like opening anyway, being so deep in my own practice that I'm choosing exactly what he's bringing in this moment. Yeah. And that makes me think about um, the thing that keeps us from opening, uh, especially for me are what you have talked about in the past of masculine shells, entitlement, force and control, armor and collapse. And after built up resentment um, from not being met in the relationship in, in relationship, I take on all of those masculine shells. So I'm curious um, your wisdom around what to do with resentment from not being met and anything you want to say on the masculine shells, because entitlement, force and control, armor and collapse, like I see that in a lot of women, uh, including myself. So, yes. So these are, these are three patterns mm-hmm. and a, lo- a lot of my work is in unraveling the patterns that are keeping love and intimacy and joy and pleasure and bliss away. Mm-hmm. And these are all, these are three patterns mm-hmm. of the feminine that, that exist as like an overlay, right? The masculine shell is like an overlay of something that has been conditioned in a culture that um, teaches masculine as the way, 
right? It doesn't teach receptivity and softening and devotion as the way, right? It teaches this like forceful control armoring. It teaches that we're entitled, you know, and there, and there's these patterns. And so if you, you know, if you're noticing one of these patterns coming up, the, there, there's like a, I, I like to really slow down the moment. So there's a moment when this pattern engages mm-hmm. and if you can slow time, slow time down. And like, you know how, when you're, if, if you've ever edited a film, it's like, you can expand the, the, the screen and you can go to the microsecond of where something happens. Mm-hmm. Patterns are things that just engage when we're unconscious. Next thing you know, you're just mad and you're like how did how did I get here well there was something that happened that said oh I deserve better and I'm not getting it and the entitlement came in and then you got resentful yeah and there was a moment when it happened Mm -hmm. and so my invitation is with work with unraveling patterns is is to begin to track yourself like you're hunting Mm -hmm. you know like you're hunting the pattern Mm -hmm. and and slow it down and expand it and notice where you got on the train. You know, where did you get on the entitlement train that leads to resentment? Mm-hmm. And, and in that moment, taking a, taking a breath and opening, yeah. taking a breath and opening, because there's always a closure that happens when you go into entitlement. Mm-hmm. Now you can be angry and open. You can be, uh, you know, in, in frustration and turned on, you can be grieving and in pleasure, right? It's like, it's, you can be opened in these experiences, but it's the Mm -hmm. subtle, like breath and surrender in, in the, in those moments where that feels like the last thing that we want to do, because we want to get righteous, we want to get resentful. Mm -hmm. And if, if we can just slow it down and breathe into that space there there's a new possibility that is created yeah Mm. really good thank you yeah that's a a superhero strength I feel but you're you're right like I can look at a moment this week and I can pinpoint right right when that moment was yeah and then, and then if you can pinpoint where the moment was, right. And, and it is, this is, this is, this is totally superhero, superhero feminine powers, right? Like this is a practice. Mm-hmm. This is by no, I mean, I'm always doing this. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm always unraveling patterns. There, there's, we are not going to be alive as a human and have no patterns. I mean, right. this is a lifelong journey. It's like one of those things where you develop it as a practice mm-hmm. and it's a continued maintenance. Mm-hmm. It's not something where you ever arrive. You get better at tracking them and stopping them more quickly. Yeah. Um, but when you find that moment, then the next time, like what was happening right before that moment? Like what was the stimulus? What was the circumstance that was present? Next yeah. time that circumstance and stimulus is present, you just make a choice to open. Yeah. And that's the thing about like doing that work is it's been in your awareness and you catch it so much quicker. It's just that like little shift of awareness. Yeah. It's no secret that shame-free sex and pleasure are powerful avenues to deeper connections and an overall sense of well-being. And accessible, expertly designed toys can play a big part in getting you there and making you feel more alive. 
Dame is leading a sexual wellness revolution as a women-powered resource for game-changing pleasure products and supportive content. Started by a sex educator and an engineering whiz, Dame develops her products based on research and feedback from people like you. They're making better sexual experiences and more pleasure available to all. Dame's easy-to-use toys and accessories are made with body-safe, doctor-approved materials, and smart design principles, and they've earned glowing praise from the New York Times, the Today Show, and many more, including me. Whether you're looking to shake things up with your partner or upgrade your self-care routine, they've got something for every nightstand. Even better, Dame offers three-year warranties and hassle-free returns within 60 days, so your satisfaction is literally guaranteed. And I will guarantee you satisfaction because I use their products myself. They're amazing. My favorite one is their suction toy. I call it the clit sucker, but it's uh, spelled A-E-R. It's called Air. It's a powerful arousal tool for fans of oral stimulation. It creates thrilling pulses of air and a soft seal around your clitoris so you can go all the way right away. Guys, I have like eight to 10 orgasms almost every time I use it. I use it during sex and in my own pleasure practice. You will not be disappointed. They're also sending me a bunch of their other products, so I'll keep you updated. But as of right now, this one's my favorite and I highly recommend it. Go to dameproducts.com and use code JADE today for 15% off your order with Dame. Now on with the show. When we talked about recording this part two, you were super excited about the power of orgasm and de-armoring the cervix, Um, sex magic as well. So I'd love to spend some time on that. Uh, De-armoring the cervix has been a big part of my work this year and it's powerful. Um, I have a cervical wand that I use specifically and sometimes there's other women's voices that come out of me in, in the middle of that work. It's really powerful. And I can feel too, um, it, it may have been you that posted this, or it may have been a book that I was reading about how sometimes it's what causes the pain during lovemaking is the cervix holding something from our partner. Yeah. So yes, I may have not articulated that correctly, Mm -hmm. but yeah. Okay. So I love that. I I love this question. And, and, uh, yes. So what I say is that the, the armor is the layer that's in between you and the pleasure. So if you have contracted when your cervix has been stimulated in the past, which many women have, because we aren't taught to open into the pain or, or the, the intensity that's occurring, which is actually what we've been discussing. So this is what I love about this transition is working with your cervix is a way that you can practice in your body, this experience of feeling a a pain or an intense sensation and opening to it instead of contracting against it, which is also how you begin to unravel the patterns of entitlement and armor and force and control. So the, 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 it's actually repatterning the neural pathways in your brain and the physiological response in your body to learn how to open in intensity instead of close. This is how we heal trauma. I mean, this, this is how we become unfuckwithable. 
mm-hmm. in life. Yeah. We become unshakable. Mm-hmm. If, if something intense or painful or triggering can happen and you can remain open and present and in your body, like that is power. That's yeah. really owning the power of choice. Yeah. And so when you we work with the the cervix as an opening, as as the gateway to the 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 portal of the infinite. I mean, this is this is where all of life passes through the mm-hmm. cervix and the vaginal canal. Yeah. It's it's the it's the 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 portal between the unseen realm and our material world. Mm-hmm. So I mean it's an incredible place to practice opening as a means to open your creativity, mm-hmm. your connection to spirit, to your opening, to your channel. I mean, this is like mm-hmm. such an incredible practice. Mm-hmm. And when it's armored from all the clenching, from all the the trauma, I mean, it becomes like a like a trigger point mm-hmm. that is then painful when it's touched. And the way that we unravel that pain is by, you know, with the wand, which I love that you have a cervix wand. I also mm-hmm. use the cervix wand and recommend a cervix wand and sell them and everything. Like mm-hmm. it's, there's a specific kind of wand mm-hmm. that is ideal for this. Yeah. And it's shaped like an S mm-hmm. because it's able to reach the the cervix more, more fully. Mm-hmm. And when we work with a wand or with your partner's cock, mm-hmm. um, there's you can slow down and breathe into the experience where you're actually toning your vagus nerve so you're toning the ventral vagal pathway Mm -hmm. of the nervous system and retraining yourself to open using your breath using your sound as you're you're sounding on your exhales and you're finding spots of tension and you're gently releasing them. You're finding spots of tension and releasing them. And this is an incredibly intimate practice to do with a partner. Yeah. Um, and it's an incredibly opening and intimate practice to do with yourself. Yeah. But it's yeah. interesting because I've done it. I did it for months uh, with my wand and got to the point where I was just having cervical orgasms because it was so open. But then when I um, reconvened with my partner, it was painful again. So it's interesting, like you, you have to do both. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And 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 when you um, reconvene with a partner, when it's painful, I mean, this is where, I mean, I am like crying. I'm like ugly crying. I'm mm-hmm. like, you know, snotting. It's like a very deep, intimate process of unraveling to do this with someone because that's often where a lot of the patterns were ingrained was with sex that was too fast yeah with with sex that was that was too hard with sex I wasn't ready for Mm -hmm. with energy like being pounded into me that wasn't I wasn't actually a yes to on every level right like this is like repatterning some of the deepest most distorted patterns in the feminine when you do cervical dearmoring with a partner. Yeah. I personally, familially, collectively, I mean, this is a this is a very deep practice. And in in the the opening of it, like all, you know, when we when we first started when we first started having sex, you know, right, I mean the first the first time we had sex and and he started going faster and harder than I was ready for. It was one of the first times that that I stopped and made a request and asked for what I desired in mm-hmm. in 
sex, which was, you know, can you slow down mm-hmm. and, and bring your, your cock right up to the tip of my cervix, you know, that place that you're, that you're hitting right now and just breathe with me there. You know, you're right on my cervix. And if we breathe into this, I can open into orgasm, you know, and I like let him know what's happening. He's like, no one's ever told me this before. Like, what are you talking about? And so after we talked about it and I shared with him about what cervical orgasm is and, and he's like, this is incredible. And I was like, these, these are the orgasms where there's, where there's tears. These are the orgasms where like, I'm connecting so fully with the divine and all of life is moving through me. And I'm like having like a DMT altered state that then lasts for like three days afterwards. And he's like, well, I definitely want to, you know, support you with having those. And I'm like, great. So, you know, he's on board with it because I brought it as a desire and an invitation and then gave him the information explanation, which is something that I teach in the sex magic cervix live container, which is starting in October. If anybody wants to learn and practice like your own pleasure mapping, and then being able to communicate it with him in a way that is like coherent and logical, but really shares your vulnerability and your desire. Because men kind of need both when they're like, what are you talking about? Like, I thought you only had orgasms from your clitoris. And I thought it was just this like peak thing. And they don't realize that it's this incredible wave like experience. And they don't realize that they need to slow down Mm -hmm. in order for you to be able to open. If I find myself clenching in Mm -hmm. sex, I'm immediately like, okay, we need to slow down until I can remain open to receive you. Mm -hmm. And then it gets to a point where I can stay open when he's like going as hard as he can in like the the most um, intense position Mm -hmm. and it can stay open and it totally explodes into massive multi-orgasmic full body cervical orgasm. Yeah. Uh, Okay. So for women or men that are listening and the way you've described cervical orgasm is like a big fuck yes for them. And they just want, I know your course starts in October, but what is like one of the first things that they can do to, is it um, working with a wand themselves? Is it having that conversation with a partner? Like what is the, one of the first things they can do to open up to that? Absolutely. I would suggest um, it, if you're a woman mm-hmm. to start the practice yourself. Yeah. Um, to, you know, find instruction somewhere mm-hmm. and get an S-shaped wand mm-hmm. and begin practicing yourself so that you can have a reference point for what you're even inviting them into. Yeah. Because that's supportive. Yeah. You can start to feel what it's like to breathe into the the pain, the sensation at a moment when you might have contracted and instead yeah. to open and receive. Mm-hmm. So you can have that reference point. Yeah. And maybe you even have a cervical orgasm with yourself. Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of women are like, oh, so the orgasms where you're crying, and it's like this incredible wave like state that comes over you and you feel like you're in an altered state. They're like that cervical orgasm. Oh, I've had one of those. Yeah, and they uh-huh. just didn't know. Yeah. So a lot of women have have had them before. Mm-hmm. Um and so it's just a matter of, you know, being able to open to allow them to be more consistent. Mm-hmm. And it's not something that you like 
make a goal out of. Right. They're not goal oriented. Yeah. Like the clitoris is so goal oriented. It, it closes up. Yeah. She's so adorable. Yeah. <laughs> but the but the the cervix is more of a it's it's like not a goal. It's just a surrender. You know, it's really a, a surrender into it. And when you can stack the orgasms and have, you know, cervical and clitoral and about how you feel about wearing them. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So it so to to just finish up the last piece, if you are a woman who um wants to practice start practicing on your own. Um and if you're a man and you're curious about this with your partner, bring this to her, like mm-hmm. let her listen to this episode so, mm-hmm. so she can hear this and then begin practicing and and help find her cervix with her, yeah. with your with your cock and slowly breathe and encourage her to make a sound on her exhales as you're like mm-hmm. pushing against oh, her cervix sweet. and encouraging her to open. Mm-hmm. I mean, the men can absolutely really support their partners in this practice mm-hmm. by even being open to doing that, let alone suggesting it. I mean, that's like a woman's dream. I know. And I'm, I'm curious because a big part of this tantric course that I took was um, like yoni worship. And I'm curious if, I'm, I mean, it, I think it takes a lot of courage and vulnerability from both partners to practice this. But if a man were to do some yoni worship and speak to the yoni and maybe even make some apologies, uh, just doesn't even have to be something he did, but just make some apologies and open her up in that way and um, tell her how wonderful she is and all of these things that, you know, what, what she looks like, all these things, you know, and how that can contribute to the cervix opening as well, you know? Absolutely. And I love that as a way to, you know, like the next step, like what's the very next thing that you can do as a man? Yeah, absolutely. Like, let her know that you want to hold a sacred ritual for her yoni and for the opening of her orgasmic potential. Yeah, and and leading with yoni worship, and then letting her know about um, cervical orgasm and and seeing if she's open to that. You know, I mean, that's absolutely a next step. Mm-hmm. It's like for a lot of people, I feel like the next step is having the conversation. Yeah, just even being like, I have no idea what I'm doing, but I'm so curious about exploring this with you because I want to create more depth, intimacy and connection. It's like, what partner is going to say no to that? Gosh, and imagine the constructs and the conditioning that would fall away by worshiping your partner's genitals, you know, because like, first of all, people probably hear that and are like, oh, that sounds really fucking awkward. Like, what would I say? And, you know, all of these things. And like, why am I treating it like an actual person when it's really a a deity? You know, it's a God, it's a goddess. And so like all these things that could possibly fall away, like what you could experience just in that ritual itself. I love it. I, yeah, I, the, the Yoni is an Oracle. Yeah. And, and she holds information to questions that can't be answered on Google. Right. Right. Like she holds, the answers and the same with, you know, the cosmic God cock, right? It's like when we really hold these places that have been uh, shamed, forbidden, demonized, made taboo, made dirty, when we hold them as holy and sacred, a whole new possibility opens. And even just opening that conversation with your partner is, is a next step. And then when as feminine beings, we can 
hold the frequency of what that feels like in our body mm-hmm. and just know that we are worthy of that worship, that we are worthy of love, that we are worthy of being loved there. Mm-hmm. And there's this, you know, I love creating a dialogue first with your own genitals. Yeah. That is, is like, have you ever talked to her? Like, have you ever actually asked her a question? Yeah. It's so, and, and you know, just put your hands mm-hmm. on, on your Yoni and just, and just connect with her. You know, mm-hmm. if you're, you're, you're struggling with something throughout the day, it's, she's an Oracle. Mm-hmm. Like she will have an answer that is very different Absolutely. than your mind. Yeah. And when you can really see her that way and, and open to her in that way and listen to her, then it, it creates a different frequency mm-hmm. that invites your partner into something deeper. Yeah. So beautiful. So before we move on to the last question, which is an audience question, do you want to speak on sex magic or power of orgasm at all? Like when it comes to that? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. I love sex magic. It's like my favorite. Uh, so I love the, <laughs> I love talking to you. Um, so, yeah, sex magic, right? Okay. So, when we are in altered states of transcendence, mm-hmm. when we expand beyond the illusion of density, right? It's like when we're in our small self, when we're in our ego self, the occurrence of reality is like it's dense and limited Mm -hmm. when we work with our orgasm our breath and our sound in a way that expands us into this transcended altered place and we can stay in our body at the same time that's Mm -hmm. the jedi move we have this incredible ability to see through the perceived layers of illusion that we don't know Hmm. that we don't know what's true that we don't know what's coming that we don't know what's ours and I believe manifestation is a lot less about going out and finding something or creating something that's from your mind your mind saying I want that let me figure out how to get that that's Mm -hmm. not what I'm talking about Mm -hmm. I believe that sex magic is a co-creation of magnetism with the universe, Mm -hmm. where we are sensing into what is already ours, what the universe actually has for us Mm -hmm. in our highest, like what is the highest timeline, that is a potential that we can feel into in this moment of complete transcendence and expansion of our ultimate pleasure and opening and surrender and how can we co-create with the universe to bring that into existence Mm -hmm. in this dimension in our life in our bodies in this now moment Mm -hmm. and in that space there's an opportunity to open ourselves to listening more deeply to what god goddess universal intelligence has for us and then to invite that in with our energetic frequency with our sensational experience Mm -hmm. to invite that into this now moment and line ourselves up with the timeline where that is already occurring yeah yeah beautiful um 
And when it comes to the power of orgasm too, you know, like I mentioned when you first came on that I normally have, you know, my morning pleasure practice and it's how I start my day and uh, that I, instead I moved into some dance, but you know, you know, like when you fast from food and you're, you can just feel the effect it has on your brain, it's got, you have your purpose, you know, like you're, you're, you're tuned into your purpose, but you can feel like, oh, my thoughts aren't as clear, you know, like I'm, I'm, you know, (laughs) depriving myself of food and you feel the effect just in this one day of fat of, because I'm have a plant medicine ceremony on Saturday. And so just from this like day one of fasting from orgasms and, you know, from that um, energy, even though it's, I see it as holy, it's not something that I'm fasting from for any other reason, but to conserve that energy for ceremony. Even then, like normally when I have my orgasm, I, all of, all of the orgasms that I have in my pleasure practice, I have so much energy and creativity and clarity and I feel so much more articulate and like, I, I just, I, I exude more of what I want to embody. And so even today I felt like almost like I was fasting from food. Like my orgasm has become like food for me and that I can feel the difference in my brain when I don't have it, you know? Um, and I can see how that could become shadowy, you know, when, if, if, uh, if I'm using it almost in a place of like dependency or sure, it could place. be, could be addiction. People absolutely. Yeah. Or, it, yeah. Or to bypass, you know, yeah. like, mm-hmm. to, yeah. Um, but I very much bring my anger and my grief into my yeah. pleasure. And, um, but yeah, I just wanted to, to, to say that because it's, I noticed, I was like, wow, my orgasm has become like food for me. Well, and I I love that that you you brought this up. I, I always say it's like taking taking your superfoods and your vitamins. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's it's actually like has that effect on your brain, and and you're so attuned to that from having it for so long. It's like, oh wow, there's a difference. Um, and in that in that state, there there is there's so much creativity. There's so much that that comes in and and is made available that mm-hmm. I experience in in my own practice and. And also in sex with my partner. And I noticed recently, I actually wrote about this recently, that I have such a great sex life with him that I stopped doing my own pleasure practice and was really cultivating with him. Like I was really focusing on cultivating with him and putting that energy into that. And now I'm at this place where I'm like, oh, there's a way that my sexuality has become a lot more about my partner and about our relationship Mm. and it's time to swing back and integrate the the one who had a pleasure practice every day right Mm. and 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 bring her back in now that I really you know was was focusing somewhere else that was right for that time and for our deepening and Mm. and now I'm like oh I'm so excited and I've come back into doing the cervical de-armoring and really in that practice and I'm just like oh there is something that I was missing that I forgot that I was missing mm-hmm. in this. Like there's, there's just an incredible space that gets opened and that is available that creates a whole different level of synchronicity and magic. Like the, the amount of synchronicity that happens when I'm doing my own cervical practice mm-hmm. is exponentially more than when I'm not. 
it's just yeah. incredible. Something happens because I'm tuning into the space that's beyond the beyond that exists on the other side of the cervix and working with the, you know, the ventral vagal system. This is also neuroscience. The, the, the cervix is connected to the vagus nerve, the vagus nerve. That. Yeah, this is incredible. This is incredible research that is relatively new and not widely recognized by the medical industry yet and by all of science yet but there is research that shows that the the vagus nerve has an a root in the womb has a root in the uterus that's connected to the cervix so toning your cervix while making sound and breathing you're actually working with the ventral vagus ventral vagal nervous system which mm -hmm. is what has us feel in that safe and engaged relaxed but on point kind of place yeah so it is sense. it is a reset it is you know like a you know it's a it's it's a cup of coffee yeah. in, in the right moment like it really yeah. is connecting with this part of us that just gives us energy yeah. so it's it's one of those practices that that I'm just like hmm yeah, that's that's one I I'm picking back up and I'm seeing the benefits of. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm. thank you. <laughs> so we're right at an hour, so I'm gonna go ahead and skip the audience question because I feel like it could it could be a big one. Um, but I don't know if you remember last time I asked you the lightning round at the end of the show. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and ask you again just to see if your answers are different. So because it's, it's funny how I've had guests on for four times and their answers are different each time. So yeah, so we'll see. Okay. So if you could hug your younger self right now, what would you say? It's a journey and you're doing a great job. You're exactly where you need to be. Mm, beautiful. If you could have the whole world read one book, which would it be? The Four Agreements. Okay. Last time you said the Nag Hammadi. Um, <laughs> the Four Agreements is amazing though. Yeah. Okay, perfect. If you could whisper one phrase to everyone on the planet, what would it be? You are what you are seeking. Mm. Yeah. And before I let you go, where can people find you online? How can they sign up for your program that's launching in October? Mm, yes. So I am on Facebook and Instagram. Um, so you can just search Jamie Elizabeth Thompson on Facebook, Instagram, I'm holistic sex coach. And you can find the link to the sex magic cervix live container on my Facebook or Instagram, or we can put it on the, the show notes here because it's kind of a long link. Yeah. Um, but my website for courses is awakenedwoman.life. And you can also click Sex Magic Cervix on there. Perfect. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. I'm so excited for that container. I feel like it's so important. And I don't, I really don't see that offered anywhere. So, I mean, I see yes. it when it's like you're in a year long program and they touch on it, but I haven't seen like a whole container dedicated to it. So I'm really, really thankful to you that you're putting that out there. Oh, thank you so much. And thank you for your work in this world and for the way that you continue to share your gifts and your wisdom and your yeah. beauty. I feel that way about you. And I feel also, I really admire how poetic you make it all. 
Oh. so much beauty to the articulation that it's like, it feels luscious. It feels yummy, you know? Like you make like something that can feel possibly triggering to someone or possibly like a hard truth. You make it so poetic that it just like, you can kind of melt into it and you don't even realize that there was, you know, that it- I love that. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having Thank me on, Jade. Bye. All right. All right, you guys. Whew. I I can't say enough amazing things about her. I just think that she is fully, 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 definitely in her calling. She is such a medicine woman and everything. You know, what's interesting is like a lot of times when I interview someone, it's like, with anything, you chew up the meat, you spit out the bones, but no matter what, I'm, I am providing space for someone else to speak their truth. Uh, and that's my goal here is to like provide that space to be a safe space and for it to be medicine for whoever it's meant to reach. Uh, the thing is with, with her, with Jamie, every single thing she says, I feel like is me. It's like, ah, it just, everything resonates. Even, even like, you know, with some guests, I can also like, I kind of have a general idea of, of how they're going to answer it just because I know their work with her. It's like, I, I deep, I have these questions about this topic and, uh, they're more like sub questions to what I already know of her. And when she answers it, I'm just like, Oh yes, that's how I feel too. I just didn't know how to say it. And so I'm so thankful for her beautiful articulation of this this work and, and, and just, again, like I said before, how poetic she makes it. And another thing that I really love about speaking to her is that, you know, typically I can feel like, okay, we can move on to a next topic with her and every single topic. I'm like, wow, we could just stay here for the whole hour because I know she has so much wisdom on this topic. Like she, I just feel like she is a well of wisdom and I'm just so thankful. I'm so thankful that she has the courage to speak all of this and uh, it is just so needed. So, all right. If you'd like to support the show, I would love for you to leave a review. It would mean so much. If everyone that listened to this left a review, it would mean so much. So that you can hit subscribe. You can share this episode with a friend. If you share any episode, this would be, uh, I feel like this can really, uh, it just opens up so many questions of, of how we've been conditioned and how uh, we might be able to look at something differently than we had before. And so I'd love for you to share this episode. You can also support one of the sponsors of the show, Gene Keys. It's a long link, so you can just go to the show notes. But Gene Keys, uh, you can also listen to the Richard Rudd episode I had with the creator of it because it's by far one of my favorite episodes. But he's got... So basically when you like go into Gene Keys, you enter your birth date and where you were born. And it's like, uh, it's just a beautiful GPS for, uh, for a beautiful journey of, of, um, self-knowledge. It's, it is such a powerful program. They have one for love, one for prosperity, one for dream work. I'm currently in the dream work and I cannot wait to take the love one. Cause he says that's one of the deepest ones. He does have a lot of free stuff on there, but if you were to purchase anything using my link, I'd get a small cut and that would be very supportive. So, uh, that's one way you can support the show. You can also, 
go to dameproducts.com, D-A-M-E, dameproducts.com, the best toys for sex. And you can get 15% off using code Jade. My favorite is the air, A-E-R, which creates thrilling pulses of air around the clitoris. And it's amazing. I also, you know, we talked about cervical ones. I also, uh, we use them in my one-on-one sessions, uh, specifically the cervical wand and then also yoni eggs. And I'm uh, currently also being certified to teach practices in yoni eggs. I buy all of those products at wands, W-A-A-N-D-S.com. I love everything that they have. And code Jade is a discount there as well. Uh, Jamie also mentioned that she sells them. So you, you can check out hers as well. I don't have that link, but I'm sure it's listed on her Instagram. And then all things infrared at higher dose, code Jade75 for $75 off. I love all of their products and I love the woman that created them. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and being on this journey with me. It would mean so much if you would leave that review or share an episode with a friend. You can also join me on Instagram at Untamed and Unshamed Podcast. As always, be a light, stay open, and remember, you belong here. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.